Okay. Hello and welcome to Hank's Place, coming to you today from the North Hills outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's a beautiful sunny autumn day and Hank's Place is here and you've come home. Today I want to share a, a brief message uh, with you from the prophet Jeremiah. Now don't get scared <laughs> about this because he has good news to share and it's brought out also in Hebrews chapter 8 and Hebrews chapter 10 and 1 Corinthians in the first chapter. How is Hank going to tie all this together? Just listen. The prophet Jeremiah spoke over a period of more than 40 years through five different kings. None of them listened to him except the, the young man Josiah. The people were disobedient to the word of the Lord. They, had, they were refusing to keep God's word, not even trying. And yet the Lord again and again through Jeremiah and other prophets reached out to them and begged them essentially to return to him that he could bless them, that he could restore them, and they refused to listen. Ultimately, something had to be done regarding this disobedience, and something was done. You see, God describes himself as loving kindness. And out of this loving kindness, he did something that truly for us is unfathomable. He would keep the covenant that the people refused to even make an attempt at. For the law was fulfilled in Christ Jesus. He is the end of the law for us who believe. As I said, he was left with one option, Almighty God. He would keep the covenant that his people refused to even attempt. Jesus Christ has become the end of the law for all who believe. It's amazing as we read in Jeremiah chapter 31 and again Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10 that the Lord said, he would make a new covenant with his people. The old was based on our performance. Read uh, Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26. If you do these things, you will be blessed. If you do not do these things, if you disobey, you will be cursed. And the list of curses were far longer than the list of blessings. It was a, a, a covenant contingent upon our performance and we performed very poorly indeed. A new covenant would be made in which God the Father and God the Son would be the ones who would keep it. An unconditional covenant in which, this is so amazing, he, it says in the scripture, would write his laws upon our mind. That means all of us would, by the grace of God, know what he desires of us. He would write them upon our hearts that means that instead of a disobedient heart, he would give us a heart that desired to do the things that God desired for us. Isn't that amazing? And their sins and their lawless deeds, he would remember no more. What? What about them? Doesn't somebody have to pay? Look at Calvary, my dear friend. Someone did pay, Jesus. He paid for our sins and then he took them away into the sea of forgetfulness to be remembered no more. Now, is that astonishing? <laughs> this, this new covenant in which we know the will of the Lord, we desire to do the will of the Lord, and all our transgressions have been wiped away, paid for in full to be remembered no more. 
but there's even more. What can be even better than what I've already said? The Lord has become our righteousness. We've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.21. What does this mean? Righteousness that we become totally pleasing to the Lord because he is our righteousness. In Jeremiah, it's spoken this way. Let not the man boast in his accomplishments or his riches or his performance or his achievements, but let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. That's also 1 Corinthians uh, 1 and 30, 30, I believe it is. So, isn't that fantastic that our boasting will not be, well, I kept all the commandments to the best I could, or, or I did all the prayer and fasting my church asked for. I read the Bible through three times a year. No boasting like that in what we've done. Our boast is the Lord has become our righteousness. He is our justification. And you know what? He never fails. He never fails. And we remain righteous forever and ever. You know what? In the new covenant, we call this a covenant of grace. Unconditional because it's father and son keeping this covenant. And we experience the grace blessings as a result of that. Oh, one more thing, my dear friends, and it says Christ has come to dwell in us. Colossians 1.27. He's not far away. He's in us. We don't have to draw near to God because he's right here. We just say, hello, Jesus. <laughs> he's here. It's, we don't pilgrimage. He's here. He's living in you and me. And you know what? In all of this, we can't help but come alive.